Subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for conversations with veterinarians, oncologists, rehab therapists, and other experts discussing amputation for dogs and cats. Find more info, helpful care tips, and a free gift at tripods.com radio. In this episode, number 79, we hear Karen discuss resources that helped her through Tripug Maggie's mast cell cancer amputation and how that helped her prepare for life on three legs with Tripuggle Rescue Mutt Ellie on Tripod Talk Radio. And scratching like a three-legged dog. For any tripod, cat or dog. Why do some vets do things that way? Why do- so many people don't realize that their dogs are in pain. Hello and thank you for listening. This is Tripod Talk Radio and today is February 8th, 2019. On this episode, we are kicking off a new segment we're calling Meet Your Tripod's Pals. Pet parents facing amputation for their dogs and cats find lots of help by joining the Tripods community at tripods.com, often making quick friends with others who understand exactly what they're going through. These Tripods Pals point new members to helpful resources while offering advice, comfort, and support. And in the coming episodes, we're going to introduce you to some of them. Our first Tripods member guest has the user ID 1133. And just to give you an idea of how long she has been around, earlier today we welcomed user number 20,994. Posting as Croon15, she is one of our first forum moderators, also known by most members as Karen. Since October 2009, Karen Riley has been an important part of the Tripods community. Three years after her Tripod, Maggie, lost a left rear leg to mast cell tumors, Karen joined Tripods in search of support from other parents of amputee pets. Although Maggie was only given a prognosis of six to nine months, she beat mast cell cancer for years until passing at the age of 11 in June 2010. Karen continued to support the community through her work as a forum's moderator, Tripod's helpline host, foundation supporter, and cheerleader. In 2015, she adopted her second Tripod mutt, Ellie, a mixed-breed rescue dog who lost a rear leg to a car accident. Over the years, Karen has been instrumental in helping Tripods grow into the friendly community and important resource it has become. Let's get to know her a little better. Thanks for joining us today, Karen. Good to be here, Jim. Hey, Karen, it's Renee here. Thank you so much for being our first victim in the member profile. We really appreciate it. No problem. So let's get started, because this is a a little quickie episode, but... uh, you know, uh, you were you were a tripod mom for for three years, and um, that's that's kind of a long time. So, um, tell me um, first, what when you found us on the internet, why were you looking for us, and and when you did, why were you or were you a, a little bit hesitant to jump in and and start saying things in the forums? Uh, well, you know, the funny thing is, I would have killed to have found tripods when Maggie went through her amputation. Unfortunately, you guys weren't around yet. Um, I think Maggie's amputation was a couple months before Jerry. Um, But but by the time we got to the three-year mark, Maggie was starting to slip and um, have traction issues. And so I think I was searching traction or booties or something. I can't remember exactly what I was searching for. And I found, that's how I found tripods. 
And I was just amazed to find a whole community of people who had been dealing with what I had been dealing with by myself for so long. Um, I wasn't really afraid to jump in. I was pretty excited to find people like me, basically. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and, of course, the site was a, a lot smaller then I mean, there was we were talking hundreds of people as opposed to thousands of people now. Right. Um, I, I think the one thing that I remember being a little hesitant about was Maggie had survived for so long. Um, I didn't realize. I guess it, it just never really dawned on me that how short some of these cancer journeys are. And so sometimes I I would post and I'd see, I remember one of the first dogs I remember was Jake, who who made it like seven weeks, I think, after his amputation, and how short some people's journeys were. Mm -hmm. And so I felt a little guilty at times because we had done so well, you know, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I think think that was my biggest hesitation at the beginning of posting, hey, you know, my dog's lived three years. Hey, you know, we're, she's doing great. And, you know, um, but then the longer I stayed around and the more stories I read and the more people gave input back to me, I realized how important the good stories were to be part of the community and that it did, Maggie's story did help people. I still now, Maggie's been gone for eight years, almost nine years now, and I still get every now and then an email or something on Maggie's blog saying how much her story helped people as they were starting out on their journey. So nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's really a fine line between, um, you know, the, the guilt that somebody feels over a long-term survival, um, versus, you know, spreading good news so that others have hope. And, and we, uh, we always encourage people to share those stories because somewhere somebody out there is, is looking for hope. They're brand new, their dog or cat just got a really bad prognosis, and they want to know that others have beaten the odds. So we really appreciate how you how you did that and how you continue to do that um, by sharing Maggie's story and and now Ellie's, which is a totally different story. Um, but through the the years, um, you know, we've we've developed a lot of resources. And back when you first joined us, um, what would you say were the most helpful resources that you you took advantage of, and and how did they help you? Um, well, I think to be honest, I mean, we had, I had kind of figured everything out as we went along, you know, in those first three years, I, you know, we had a stroller, um, I limited her activity mostly because she was a lazy pug, but not, (laughs) um, not so much because she was a tripod. But I think to me, the biggest resource is sort of the community itself, um, not long after I found tripods, Maggie's health started to decline, and having the resource of uh, the, the, the resource of, of a group of supportive people who knew what I was dealing with, who could understand, who weren't the "it's just a dog," you know, people. Some of the advice you get from family and friends is not all that helpful when you're dealing with a sick animal. So I think the community itself uh, was my biggest resource, my most appreciated resource, because I I can't imagine going through those last few months with her without, you know, the people that I met. And today, you know, nine years later, we still, I still meet with those people at least a couple of times a year, if not more often. So I think that, I think that speaks, speaks to what the Tripods community is, is just a network of support that is just invaluable, especially in the tough times. 
Yeah, definitely. And and by community, you're you're referring to the forums, right? I'm I'm rec- I'm yeah I'm referring to the forums, but I I think it it's it's even beyond the forums. It's the people in the blogs, the people that post on your blog. Um, there's a lot of people that I've met through tripods that aren't active anymore. Yeah. Um, on the site, but uh-huh. we're Facebook friends. Um, I, I live in the Bay Area near San Francisco. You know, there's a big group of us here who still see each other all the time and get together, even though most of us have lost our you know, original dogs that brought us to tripods. Yeah, um, it's, so. you're definitely part of the most uh, uh, put-together uh, tripod party group that we have. I love the, those Bay Area get-togethers. I mean, now that, you know, now that I'm dealing with Ellie and I'm, uh, you know, I started with a 10-month-old tripod who had her whole life in front of her, the, the, um, the exercises, the, the nutrition, all of those things are probably more important to me now as I know that I'm going to have her whole, for her whole life ahead of her. Mm-hmm. Um, so those individual resources become to me, you know, are, are very important and I access them all the time, that the harnesses, uh, you know, all the gear, all that sort of stuff. But I think to me, when you're going through those tough times, um, it's the community support that was just invaluable. That is so nice to hear, and and I love that you're applying what you learned um, to Ellie and also to Obi too, because you know let's not forget about Obi the quad pod. You also have him right now, and um, you know I think a lot of the things that we learn as as tripod parents are um, totally applicable to our dogs as they age, um, such as like the importance of traction. The whole reason you came to us in the first place was. You know, she was slipping and sliding, and, and we don't really encounter that with a four-legged dog until they get much older. Right, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, so Ellie, Ellie and Obi have really um, been the recipients of, of everything that you came to Tripods for, and, and we're just so happy that you are able to do that for them. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you, so there, we have, like I was mentioning earlier, we have new resources out there, like our helpline. It's, it's a few years old, and... The, uh, the helpline that we have named after Maggie because it's uh, it's perfect, Maggie, the, the spud, Maggie the couch potato, you know, sitting on the phone chatting. <laughs> I could just see her, totally see her helping somebody get through the hard times. But we get a lot of, a lot of hang-ups on the helpline, and it, it kind of breaks my heart because I wish every single person who called would um, leave a message during our, our non-live hours. Um, but they don't. And so I wanted to ask you, do you have any advice to give to new or, or future members who are a little bit timid and a little bit afraid to use the helpline? Um, I think that I think that what I would say, I, it's difficult. I think it's really hard for people to, to reach out, but that is probably the most important thing to do. Um, there's been a couple of new posts lately from people I think I've seen that say, you know, sorry to ask a dumb question. Well, I don't think there's any dumb questions when you're, when you're dealing with something like this. We, we were all new at it at one point. We had no idea what we were doing. Um, And one of the things I've learned through, through certainly dealing with Maggie, all her health issues, but, but in the subsequent years with my other dogs is that you really have to be, to be at your best, to be able to help your dog, you need to be really strong and confident in what you're doing and be positive. There's been so many times when my, I could just see my mood affect my dogs. And if it was, you know, my mood wasn't good, then it certainly didn't help my dogs deal with whatever. 
I think if you are brave enough to call or post or whatever it is you need to do and ask those questions and be, be more confident in what you are doing for your dog or your cat, then that's just going to help you both in the long run. And I know there's been a couple of times when people have called on the helpline and, you know, that I've talked to and they're, they're very upset and they're crying and it's hard for them to get words out. And I think maybe people are a little embarrassed to be that vulnerable on the phone. But again, you know, you, you need to get past that for your animal so that you can be the best that you can be, you know, with all the information that we have to help, all the support that we have to provide to people. You know, you, you need to be at your best to help your animal through the recovery period. Okay, so Karen, um, you were mentioning how uh, your, your dogs really pick up on your emotions. Could you uh, elaborate on that a little more? Uh, well, I think the first time I really realized it was uh, when Maggie, as her health was declining, she developed kidney failure. And it was really hard to get her to eat. I, and this was before I knew what the issue was. She just got really picky about eating, and it was so frustrating to me. And there was one day when I offered her, I'll never forget, I offered her chicken, and she wouldn't take it, and I offered her turkey, and she ate it. And I was just, I was just so frustrated that every time I would make their food, I was just like, I don't know if she's going to eat or not, and I don't know why she won't eat. And I, one day, she walked through the kitchen while I was making their breakfast, and she took one look at me and just went outside. And she could just feel from me how frustrated I was yeah. <laughs> because I couldn't get because I couldn't get her to eat. And then once I realized, I mean, once she was diagnosed, and then I realized what I was doing, it became much more evident to me. And then I, you know, thinking back on when she was recovering for her amputation, Maggie took way longer than most dogs to kind of get in the swing of things. It was like six weeks before after her surgery before she would start playing with me again. And when I looked back on it, I realized that she was not, she was kind of grumpy and I was grumpy. And I think we were just feeding off of each other for those six weeks because I was thinking I'd, I'd done the wrong thing and she wasn't herself. And, you know, in hindsight, I realized how important my attitude was to her recovery. And unfortunately, I don't think I helped her very much. We got through it. But now I'm much more cognizant of that with all of the things. You know, Obi was abused. Ellie has severe separation anxiety and fear issues. And so it is so important for me to be always positive around them and not let my frustrations out. And I think when people are going through the amputation recovery, especially when you're tired and you're stressed and you're dealing with all these new things, you let your emotions out. Your dog feeds off that. Your dog or cat is not you know, bouncing back like you think they should. And it may be that you're reflecting back and forth on each other a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the, the whole thing about how animals read our emotions, you know, we don't usually learn that lesson until we have a tough time, like, like a major surgery recovery. So having somebody like you with the kind of experience that you've had, um, is, is invaluable to explain that to callers and to anybody in the forums. Um, you're always so so cool and collected, Karen, and so logical. I, I so admire well, that, and, and I can't picture you, you know, being in this in this role as um, not recognizing how your emotions were uh, affecting. Well, it's a hard. I think it's 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 a hard learned lesson. I think because, um, like you said, I, we, I had been through a couple surgeries with my dogs before that point, but they'd been the the spay surgeries. Um, both pugs had a throat surgery, but you know, relatively minor compared to an amputation. So that was mm-hmm. just such a big thing to deal with. 
Um, and just, I had never really been in a situation where my mood or where I could see how clearly my mood was affecting them, you know? And it's, so it's yeah. something I think you learn as a dog owner or a cat owner as you go along. Um, sometimes you've got really good natured and animals that just nothing phases them. And so maybe your mood isn't as important, but I guess my luck of the draw, I've always had animals that are very, very tuned into my mood. Yeah, I and think, so I've, I think I've, go ahead. Yeah, I've learned, I have, that's okay, I've learned that you ha- I, I just have to really be cognizant of it, you know. Absolutely. So would you say that that is your, your, your best piece of advice for, for anyone who's brand new to the tripod journey? Or do you have, um, like, one other, like, really good tip for them? Or, or would that be, like, your number one tip to be aware of your emotions? I think, I, I think being aware of your emotions is... A, a big thing. I think really leaning on the community um, is really important too. Like I said before, I would have loved to have somebody I could have, you know, flipped on the computer and said, okay, Maggie's not, hasn't gotten out of bed in two days. What should I do? You know, or, you know, whatever it is, she's starting to slip. She's not, how is she, you know, people come onto the site and, and they, they're, they're embarrassed to ask the question, how are they going to go to the bathroom with, with three legs? Right. Well, that, that's a legitimate question. I mean, yeah. you know, it might seem silly, but it's legitimate. So lean on the people that have been there. You know, get your emotions out. Get your stress out. Um, use, you know, use the site for everything that you can use it for. All right. Well, well, with that, Karen, I, I cannot thank you enough for being here and, and listeners. You can catch Karen on the Healthline on, on Mondays right now at this point in time. Um, that could change in the future, but either way, we hope she'll uh, be a Healthline host for a very long time. And uh, I think that's it for today. Thank you so much, Karen. Well, thank you, guys. Seriously, Karen, we can't thank you enough for your continued support and the help you provide everyone at Tripods every day. Listeners can learn more about Maggie and her longtime cancer treatment plan at maggiesjourney.tripods.com. Follow the adventures of Tripod Mutt Ellie at rescueellie.tripods.com. Start your own free blog or join the discussion in the forums or live chat at tripods.com. And stay tuned for more fun segments like this to... Meet your Tripods Pals. He's a three-legged dog and he's still pretty good. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for more pet amputation tips from experts. And claim your free gift just for listeners at downloads.tripods.com slash podcast.